people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time and welcome back to another edition of the dg podcast the really and truly podcast the deluded podcast i appreciate all the support you lot give me if you're listening to this on youtube please make sure you're following liking and subscribing one love to the spotify and the apple group keep following them thing following me on those platforms there as well also again people um quick note you know i do this twitch stuff so again 2 p.m make sure you're following me on twitch deluded guna i'm going to be speaking arsenal after that i believe slightly after that i'll be playing football manager so yeah make sure you're following me across all socials from twitter to twitch and everything links are in descriptions and things i hope everyone's doing well and safe i hope everyone on this tuesday morning's in good spirits i hope everyone's attacking aggressively their goals hopes dreams and aspirations for the week i know i am and i hope you lot as well Obviously, it's a great weekend whenever Arsenal win. Two wins from two. We're staying up, man. We're that much closer to 40 points. Obviously, we're still in the negative. We've still got more losses than wins. But it's a bit of confidence going into the North London derby at the weekend. And granted, I'm actually more scared of Spurs because they've lost their last two games than if they was to have beaten Chelsea at the weekend going into this game. Now, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the cup action. We've got one, two cup bits. Arsenal got Wimbledon. I'm sure Man City have Wickham Wanderers. I'm not sure the other teams teams will have to type that in but yeah man there's a lot to speak about when I say a lot I don't know if there's a lot but you might as well just let me crack on now over the weekend people you know there's some talking points that I wanted to kind of hone on in first and foremost something that's got nothing to do with the with, with the Premier League I'm sure you all saw Leon versus PSG Messi didn't have the worst of games but he hardly set the world alight he's still looking for that first PSG goal and he was substituted and he refused to shake the hand of Poch or there were some unsavory scenes now obviously Listen, I'll give credit Messi credit. You know, you're 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 Lionel Messi, you want to make the difference. No one wants to be subs, emotions are, are high. Of course, there's a better way to react. Of course, Poches played a dangerous game because obviously player power, you know, all it takes at PSG is to make Neymar unhappy and you're walking the chopping block. You've got the prima donna in Messi, you've got the spoiled child in Kylian Mbappe, and you've got another, and you've got a, a bunch of them. Tactics is only so far, and I mean. Yeah, Tuchel could have done better at PSG, but is there any coincidence? There's less, you know, there's less a bit, there's there's less ability in the Chelsea team, less 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 prima donnas, and he's able to convey what he wants, and his and his reputation has been kind of restored in Europe. In fact, he's elevated it more than he's done at PSG because he's won the Champions League. Simple as that. So again, only time will tell because I think Poch is already walking a tightrope just in terms of results. So that was quite fun to see. Obviously, Mbappe didn't have the best of games, but he crossed it for a cardi and they nicked it 2-1. Um, Harry Kane, we're going to hone in on the Chelsea Spurs game and I offer my extended thoughts, but I don't question Kane's commitment, but he looked like he was going through the motions. He didn't look like he had that and he will have that extra 10% in the North London derby, but he looked like he... That extra 10%, that Harry Kane, he didn't look like he was there. He looked like he's going through the motions, like he's just playing the game of football, really and truly, as silly as it sounds. Um, it was funny to see Pogba versus that West Ham fan after the game. Pogba just going, huh? huh? Rattling Donny and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, and obviously for me, VAR's been in top form this, 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 this weekend. I can't lie. I'm a fullback in Sunday League. I know the modern-day fullback's required to go forward. I know when you speak about centre...
Sorry about that, people. Obviously, what you just saw there, I was talking about VAR and who knows, man, Premier League tried to shut down my live stream. But as I was saying, people, like I said, apologies for that. VAR for me was in top form because it, it's just, you know, it's just confusing people. Like I said, sorry for that cut out there, people. The, the laptop actually restarted. But as I was going on, VAR was in top form this weekend because... You know, I know the modern day defending, what I was alluding to is being eliminated, like the very components of being a defender. You're not really a good defender in this day and age. Like you could be the best 1v1 guy, you know, best marking, best um, organisation. You know, you could pocket Lukaku, Jamie Vardy, Harry Kane, Lionel Messi, you know, every top player in Europe slash the Premier League or whatever, yeah. And people would still swear blind. You might not be a good centre-half because you can't play that cross-field pass and, and and all of those sort of things. I think the art of defending is dead. And I think, it, you know, to, uh, this weekend highlighted it, you know. Again, a bit harsh, I think. Justice was restored. Obviously, it's another talking point when you talk about bringing on subs to just take a penalty, even as reliable as Mark Noble might be at penalties. That that was something. But I think it was justice restored for Man United. Ironically, in that game, I can't lie, I think both teams should have probably had about two penalties because I, I think Ronaldo had legit claims. Wan-Bissaka absolutely took someone out. There was at least a couple of ones West Ham had, Kofau as well, but... I just feel the art of defending is dead now. Like, what do you want people to do? Like, I look at Luke Shaw's one. Yeah, you could say his hands are in an unnatural position, but do you want man to salad tape his arms and defend like that man's as a fullback? You're covering the space, you're getting over there, you're using your arms for elevation. Same way if you're a sprinter, sprinter, you're running, and if you're a swimmer, you're doing all of that. Like, what do man want? You know, you're getting over there, you know, you're taking that leap. Obviously, your hands are gonna be there, it's booted straight at a man. What do you want man to do? Like, I can't tape off your arms, you know, there's no point. You know, because then you're going to go, you're going to see the centre, you're going to see defenders doing that silly arms behind back thing. And even that's a shag, if I'm honest with you. Vestergaard, I think, was unlucky as well in the Leicester-Burnley game as well. That's an absolute shag, you know, really and truly. You know, VAR didn't make no sense. Obviously, I even look at Kyle Walker. Yeah, you could say it's not a red card. How that's not a penalty full stop, I don't know. It just feels like they're freestyling. Obviously, it was nice as an Arsenal fan to finally get one. I know Sean Dykes is crying and I absolutely love Sean Dykes' tears. Long may Burnley burn in, 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 in football oblivion and hopefully they go down. You know, very, very ironic Sean Dykes. And he's the only one I ain't got time for. He's crying about this penalty, which isn't a penalty. You know, he's crying about the pen when your players out here rugby tackling guys and doing all that foolishness. You know, practice what you preach. Tell your players to play fairly and stop crying like one little pussycat. But I think VAR was a joke this weekend anyway. And it always is, isn't it? I've already told you a lot. My personal belief with VAR is they don't want it to have, you know, improve the integrity of the game and make the right decisions. They like me and you lot sitting here speaking about it, the whole footballing world. It drives engagement and that's what boosts the Premier League, you know, again. And the wickedest thing, there's no consistency. See how a penalty was given against Vestergaard and Shaw, specifically Shaw in this example, right? That same thing is going to happen in a def different game and for different reasons. The exact same thing is not going to be a pen. So again, further blurring the lines and things. I'm not really understanding what we're doing and whatnot. So I just wanted to hone in on Messi, Messi failing to um, shake the hand of Pochettino, you know, do my little rant and rave about VAR. Pogba versus the, the West Ham fan was quite funny. Kane looks disillusioned with life at Spurs. And I can't lie, you know, 
Sir Alan Sugar's pissing me off as well, people. I can't lie to you lot. He's annoying me as well because, again, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with the tones of his tweet. I mean, these these sort of guys always reveal themselves. But when you look at it, RIP Jimmy Greaves for what it's worth. His first tweet was, Spurs versus Chelsea today. I'm in Australia. I might stay up until 1.30 to watch it. You know, might. Apart from the one-minute applause before the game, I hope the team play not just for Spurs, but for Jimmy. It's a shame that most of the players in the dressing room don't know who he was and what a legend he is. And I mean... Fair enough, really. You know, not a lot of people RIP him and condolences to his family, but not a, not a lot of people are about at them times there. Um, and he said by and he said by saying most, I mean the young foreign players. So what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? What that's just painting the same rhetoric rhetoric that young foreign players or foreign players are, are doing something negative. And we all know with what's going on in the UK, what what need is for this? And people like Alan Sugar, they always reveal themselves in their own racist, simply racist ideologies. What does that mean? How do you know that they, and I'm not saying anything, do you know that Dane Scarlett, Oliver Skip, Harry Winks, they all know who Jimmy Greaves is? Because what are you going to say if Bergerai and I don't and, and, and them man know, the, know him? It doesn't make sense. What does this mean? You know, absolute, you know, it's just, he's not even trying to, you're not even trying to hide it at, at this point. It's just like my man said here, you know, my this tweet is funny, really and truly, because he corrected his own tweet because it just wasn't xenophobic enough. He thought, man, double down on the racism, man, you know. It's it's crazy. Man, like you see here, man forgot his racism. Like again, what a twat. Like what a twat, man. And these are the people that are in top positions. These are people that many people look up to, but they'll always find a way of revealing themselves. So quite, 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 you know, quite simply, Alan Sugar, suck your mum through a straw for all of this racist crap, people. I hate all of this. And pardon my language. I know it's not professional of me, but it is what it is. So the less said of that idiot, the better people. And moving away from all of that, people, we can talk about the Premier League and a couple other bits and pieces. Now, Brighton 2, Leicester City 1, West Ham 1, Manchester United 2, Chelsea 3, Spurs 0, Spurs 0, Chelsea 3. Back-to-back London derby defeats for Spurs. Can it be third time lucky on Sunday? I don't know. Wolves 0, Brentford 2, Burnley 0, Arsenal 1, Arsenal 1, Burnley 0, Liverpool 3, Crystal Palace 0, Manchester City and Southampton 0, 0. Norwich 1, Watford 3, Aston Villa 3, Everton 0, people. You know, what a, a game week this has been, people, if I'm completely honest. Let's start with Ivan Tony. now. He got a goal and assist. Unfortunately, he got a goal ruled out. And you know they Brentford handled business against um against Brent um Brentford handled business against Wolves went over to their place collected all three points went home clean sheet three points you know is what it is and you know Ivan Tony I love his personality in the Premier it's gonna rub people up the wrong way and it's gonna make people out there to hate you and can't lie Bre um Ivan Tony if you don't get ten goals at least the agendas have got to fly because you talk real bossy you know you do have little man syndrome in my opinion but I do like how and he's not little at all pause. I do like him in the Premier as a player and I do like his personality. I think footballers are too robotic. So when I hear little things like, I think a Madison interviewed a couple months ago when he, he really spoke and, and I like the way Ivan Tony has a lot of self-confidence. Um, I like it in the Prem really and truly. We cry about these footballers being robots because this country won't allow them to have personality. Neither will the fans, you know, stick to football and all of that. And I think with Ivan Tony, when you look at his career, I'm not going to say no one's believed in him because he made his Northampton debut at a young age, but he went from Northampton, not really getting an opportunity at Newcastle, Probably people thinking he's overrated, he's not worth it, he made the wrong move. Had to go Brem um, Peterborough, sorry, and, and settle down roots. And, you know, again, he's got that self-belief because you have to believe in yourself when no one believes in you. And, you know, I think he's from St. Vincent and Jamaica, probably waiting for that England cap. Whether he gets that, I don't know. But 
you know, you know what you need to do. JA, we need a striker still. So, yeah, man, clean sheet for Brentford. They go marching on. Manchester City and Southampton, nil, nil. I mean, Pep appealed for his Manchester City fans to make their way to the ground and they did. Saw no goals. It's not going to be every time for Manchester City to win five goals to nil. I did think Southampton remained brave. I don't know why they, they never got a penalty. I didn't think it was a sending off for Walker, but I don't know why it's got, it wasn't given a pen, but fair play. I do think Southampton's even Southampton were quite brave in an attacking sense, and I think they just lack quality in the final third. I think if their decision making was better, regardless of the penalty incident, I think they nick it. They nick it. They nick this game. And I think if you're, you know, if you're Chelsea or United, you're laughing. You know, United got over the line against West Ham. Um, you know, Liverpool as well. Liverpool, United, and Chelsea—they all took full points, while City dropped two. So again, you need City are probably the ones to watch. They are the league champions. You need them to drop points, and I'm sure all their other potential contenders for the league are watching them with fine eyes. Sent Maximin was in top form as Le as Leeds and and Newcastle drew one one. You know what? A, what he, he must be a local hero down Tyneside. He looked like a man inspired. Of course, there was times he probably should have passed or slipped people in, but none of his Newcastle teammates are on his level, so. He needs to do it himself. Leeds were quite poor in terms of finishing. Furpo's missed a tapping. And to be honest, they missed quite a few easy Leeds chances, if I'm honest with you. West Ham against Manchester United, crazy game. You know, crazy game. Portuguese connection comes clutch again. What a ball from Bruno to find Ronaldo. That was actually one of the constant positives because I did a watch along for it. They were always trying to find each other and that looks like a good partnership. But it's the same old problems for United. The midfield isn't probably quite good enough. If I'm honest with you, Fred is, is Fred tries, but he's not quite good enough. I think McTominay played better than him, but they're quite limited in that regards. I think, yeah, man, it was quite it was quite mad. I think it was a good game of football. I think Obono and Zuma, you know, despite the scoreline, you know, they put their they put their heart into it and they did quite well against Ronaldo. Ronaldo obviously scored, but it, I must admit it's a bit cringe. You know, Ronaldo actually he's not gonna get praised. I think he did a lot defensively, but it did get a bit cringy. He's throwing himself to the ground, appealing for penalties that are not penalties. Like, what, what is Ronaldo doing? There's dark hearts and then there's just being a pussycat. He's behaving a bit like a pussycat. I think, you know, the two goals United scored and the one goal West Ham scored, I think both teams on reflection would probably say these are poor goals to concede, really. For United, I would say it's the same old, same old, if I'm honest with you. You know, the same old positives, the same old negatives from what I've seen. You know, I think a bunch of them had had penalty shouts. Wambasaka had a decent game in comparison to whatever, but I think he should have had a penalty given against him. United are still making games harder than it needs to be. Obviously, Lingard, it was, I said it in the live stream, it's written in the foot. The footballing gods write these things. Lingard was always going to score against his former loan club, and it was a good goal, you know, and it's good for Lingard. It shows what can happen in football. He's a villain for losing the ball in the champs. You're a bit of a hero for snatching the result. To, um, well, I say today, but you get the point. Um, De Gea, obviously, a hero for saving the pen. Why David Moyes? You know, David Moyes learned nothing from the Euros fiasco. You know, if you're going to make subs in relation to penalties, it should only be for a goalie on to save one. You know, you could see Noble. And again, I beg you, look, I, I uploaded it onto YouTube and it was on Twitch. I beg you, go and watch my watch along of, of that. You could, see, you could see Noble didn't look confident. Unusually, you know, probably the man you want to take a penny for West Ham. He didn't look confident. You know, he didn't look ready. You know, again, you probably just got to go with someone on the field. Obviously, if it goes in, he looks like a genius tactical masterclass. But you shagged yourself. And really, West Ham deserved to get something out of the game. They played quite well. You know, Bowen had a decent game. They mucked in. You know, you probably got more praise for West Ham than you do for United because of the expectation of United in comparison to, um, to, to West Ham. You know, United need to stop doing this, making games harder than it needs to be if they're going to win the league and letting their quality shine. But so far, so good. It's all about winning, isn't it? And 
yeah, it was a it was a tough game. I think it was a good game for the neutrals. United won two goals to one, people. Chelsea game of the week. Chelsea completely rubbed out Spurs. Now, good, bad, the ugly. For about 20 minutes, I'm sure everybody was watching. First 20, we're like, yo, Spurs might do something here. They're pressing Chelsea. Unusually, Chelsea are kept in their own half. They can't get out. Second half, that all crumbled, you know. Kante came on, you know, Jorginho and Kovacic showed levels. The midfield completely just overran Spurs and dominated them. The attacking players turned up to the fore. The defensive players start. Everybody just went up a level in it. Like, for me, Thiago Silva, first 10 minutes, he was looking like he could get hooked. Then he showed, man, yo, I'm Thiago Silva, you know. PSG, Chelsea, AC Milan, Brazil International, we know what I'm about. Champions League winner, Thiago Silva, different class, different quality. Rudiger, different class. My man of the match, obviously, I think Kante made a big change, but I feel, and obviously, it's a bit of bias to us fullbacks, could not cope with Alonso. That second half, Alonso ran doggy, doggy laps around Spurs. He ran them ragged, you know, um, you know, he put in a good corner. And I was, you know, I think he was taking poor corners in the build-up to his assist, but he almost scored one acrobatic finish. I mean, he was on a mad one, really, really and truly. Quite a game I felt for Masplidaqueta, you know. I thought Reese James might have started, but yeah, man, it was just different level. I think Christensen was good as well. I think Lukaku probably is going to beat up Werner in the dressing room because Werner's, you know, Werner is, is, is beyond comical. In the minutes he played, it's beyond comical, if I'm honest with you, um, with the chances he's missing. I don't feel Mason Mount's had the best of games against Spurs and he's had the best of starts to the season as well. But yeah, I think there was even a period the ball spent a lot of time in the air. I think it was a good game for the neutrals, you know, it was... Less so much quality, more so and fascinating spectacle in the first half. And I think Chelsea, well, Spurs couldn't cope, man. They're chasing shadows. The substitutes Nuno is making. Kane don't really look on it. It looks like Spurs are trying to play through Son and, and, and Chelsea have clocked that. You know, they're not really too much man that can come off the bench. It's kind of tired. You know, you we all know it, we all knew Endombile was only gonna play at our max. You know, again. It started well, but then in-game, I, I just don't think they had any reaction. You know, Rudiger's even showing man how to score and adding the sucker punch. You know, it was outclassed in that second half, completely outclassed. I don't know what was said with Chelsea at halftime. I think Tuchel probably said some home truths. I don't know what Spurs did because it's like Spurs assumed, all right, cool. We don't, we, it's kind of an even contest and Chelsea's quality just shined through, man. They just took it up a level they couldn't cope, in my opinion. Obviously, Liverpool won three goals to nil against Crystal Palace and such is the highs and lows of a manager. You know, big win against Spurs last week for Crystal Palace. Got dealt with against Liverpool. No shame. You know, Mo Salah on the score sheet. You know, Naby Keita scored a fantastic peach of a goal. Actually can't remember who got the third. I'm pretty sure it might have been, well, you know what? Naby Keita scored, Salah scored, I'm sure Mane scored and he's on 100 Liverpool goals now and I think Salah is up to 99 in the league for Liverpool. Jota, it's not a Liverpool game this season if someone don't miss a tapping. Mane missed from Mr. Comical finish last week. Jota should have added on the scoreline. You know, again, it was a weird one because I think I've seen Liverpool work harder to win 3-0. I wouldn't say it was quite a 3-0 sort of performance as Klopp even alluded to as well, but... They did what they need to do. Clean sheet, 3-0. Obviously, big save from Alisson early on to deny Zaha as well, which can't be forgotten. Canute played and I think he looks he looks good, but he does look a bit dopey. Probably why he's not a regular for Liverpool at this moment in time. But he shows he looked like a good player from what I saw. Um, we already spoke about Brighton and Leicester indirectly. Fantastic three points for Brighton. A bit of luck on their side because VAR denied, denied Leicester an equaliser. Personally, I don't think Vestergaard, what, what is he expected to do with his arms for that penalty shout? Um, for what it's worth, it was a lovely goal where, where Vardy scored it. I think Telemans pull it in. 
But you can't discredit Brighton. They did their job, man. They scored their penalty. Pardon me. And former Arsenal man Danny Welbeck obviously scored. And I'm scared don't Danny Welbeck come, Danny Welbeck comes to haunt Arsenal last week, next week, if I'm completely honest with you. Um if I'm, we got Brighton next week. So yeah, man, big three points for Brighton. And Brighton look like they could get top four at this moment in time. Aston Villa free Everton nil. You know, Leon Bailey, best winger in the Premier League, the Jamaican international. I'm saying he got two goals because I'm gonna give that corner to him, but he scored a very good goal. Matty Cash also scored a banger, you know. Lovely from Aston Villa, you know. Again, you know, three goals, three, three goals in both teams for both teams from Liverpool. Liverpool won by three goals to nil. Everton got dealt with three goals to nil. Um, away from that and keeping up the theme of three nil. Watford won three goals to one against Norwich. Again, Ismail Assar scored two. And then Watford obviously had another. I think Watford attacked well. Their movement is quite good and whatnot. Um, good game of football. Norwich's goal was good. I think Puki, if I remember off the top of my head, Puki scored. That was a good bit of role. But I mean, at what point do you have to stop admiring Norwich for, 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 for playing the same way? At what point does it border on stupidity? And, you know, they're in a dangerous territory. That's five, six games now. Not really anything to show for it, people. So it is it, it is it, it is what it is in that regards, people. So in relation to the Premier League, it's been an interesting one. I'll say the results again, people. Brighton 2, Leicester 1, West Ham United 1, Manchester United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 0, Chelsea 3, Wolves 2, Brentford, I mean Wolves 0, Brentford 2, Liverpool 3, Palace 0, Manchester City and Southampton 0-0, Norwich 1, Watford 3, Aston Villa 3, Everton 0. And then obviously, you thought I forgot, Arsenal won a goal to nil against Burnley. You lot know me, I fucking hate Burnley Football Club. I hate Sean Dice. I hate everything they stand for. It, I admire it from a neutral point of view, but I hate it. I hate the way Sean Dice has mastered the art of moaning when his players are, are, are rugby tackling guys. I don't think they're, you know, I think they're quite nasty. Be, you know, I, I admire what they do, but I think there's a, there's a line and I think they cross it nine times out of ten. For us, it wasn't perfect. You know, neither, neither was the Norwich game, but we're not a perfect team. We're far from that. We just need to play well. You know, against Norwich, it took a scrappy bit of individual play from Pepe and Aubameyang to bag. Against, against Burnley, it's taken a fantastic, you know, Saka's been, been clipped, um, you know, and it's taken a fantastic free kick for Modegaard to go in. Now, on another day, I want to see us create more clear-cut chances and test the keepers because I don't think Cruel or, or Pope necessarily were tested in these games. But for Arsenal, I'll walk away with it. By our, you know, by our standards, you know, I did feel second half, we we made it a bit open. We gave the ball a bit cheaply away. We panicked a bit. We was a bit sloppy. We was a bit scrappy. But generally, I think we had a better performance than I thought we could. And by Arsenal standards this season, which are on the floor, I think it was probably a perfect game. I think we started well. Big fan of what I saw from Partey and Odegaard in that midfield. As I said, I think Partey looks more assured of himself with without Xhaka. He looks like he knows his role. Um and, and Odegaard played well. Obviously, Ramsdale did well as well. You know, bailed out his friend Ben White, who's got some question marks over him. Gabriel did well. Tomiyasu did well. You know, there was a lot of good performers. And I think we defended well. We attacked well. We managed the game relatively well in the first half. We didn't let it get away from us in the second. By Arsenal standards, I think it was near enough a quality performance. Now, when I'm looking at it as a team that wants to be in Europe, or a team that wants to be serious or a team in my image, then it weren't good enough. Of course, we made the game harder than it needed to be. You know, we should have put more daylight between the two sides. Obviously, the VAR incident saved us. But nine times out of ten, somehow that is a penalty. And 
and that's dropped points at Arsenal. So we have a long way to go, but it's always nice to win and it would be better winning going into the North London derby game, in my opinion, than losing. Saying that, as I said at the start, and I'll, I'll hone back in on this on Friday's edition of the pod, people, make sure you're paying attention for that one. Um, I'm more scared of Spurs because they've lost it on, on top of obvious things because they've lost their last two games. If I'm completely honest with you, had they won them, I'd be a bit more confident. Um, so it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, we take our victory. We turf more out the way. We welcome them to the Emirates when the time comes people away from that though. You've obviously got Carlin cup action people. Um, I know Arsenal have AFC Wimbledon tomorrow, but if you don't know who's got who, I'll read it out for you guys, people. Today, you've got Manchester City against Wickham. You've got Watford against Stoke. You've got and, and Manchester City, for what it's worth, Pep said he'll play his young players. So you've got Man, Man City, Wickham, Watford, Stoke, Fulham versus Leeds, Wigan versus Sunderland, Burnley, Rochdale, Norwich, Liverpool, Preston, Cheltenham, Sheffield United, Southampton, Brentford, Oldham, QPR, Everton. Brighton, Swansea, Millwall, Leicester, Wolves, Tottenham, Man United, West Ham. I'm bloody hell. Well, I thought we could have bloody hell. We just got over that one. I mean, it would probably be a different lineup for both teams. Probably see Van der Beek in that start, but bloody hell. You've got Aston Villa, um, Chelsea, Aston Villa, and you've got Arsenal versus AFC Wimbledon as well. You've got Tottenham against Wolves, if I haven't said that. So there's some interesting games midweek, really, and truly don't get it twisted. There's some decent games on 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 show, if I'm completely honest with you. Um Away, away from that, folks, and there's a couple of other things that I've been screenshotting among, along the week um, that I've been speaking about. You know, Zaha said he doesn't want to do the knee. Apparently, Marcus Alonso is to stop taking a knee and will point to the badge instead. Um, OK, he says he will no longer take a knee before matches as the Chelsea defender believes the anti-racism gesture is losing strength. He's not wrong, but I don't know this is the best way to go about it, really and truly. You know, um, if I'm completely honest with you, it is a token gesture. It does mean nothing if I'm completely honest with you, like everything, you know, really and truly. The message isn't being said, you know, because they're, they're, they're kneeling down but they're not the Premier League or whatever. They're not highlighting any incidences. Every week you go on Google or whatever, a player's been abused online, a player's been abused at a ground, you know, you know there's, there's abuse all the time, really, really and truly, even down to the Leicester-Napoli game and lower leagues, you know, there's actually too much to keep hold of. So it's just token gestures. We're going to always be here for a number of years with token gestures. Unfortunately, racism will never end. It's a fallacy. It's a fallacy that I sold myself a dream as a kid. I thought people of my generation would see that. It doesn't matter what skin colour you are, but on the other hand, they're in, it's ingrained. It's never, ever going to change. We're going against years, so it is what it is. It's probably just a fallacy. But he said, I am fully against racism, racism, and I'm against every type of discrimination. I just prefer to put my finger to the badge where it says no to racism, like they do in some other sports and football in other countries, Alonso said. I prefer to do it this way and, of course, to say very clearly that I'm against racism and I respect everybody. Um, he said, maybe I think it's losing a bit of strength the other way. So I just prefer to do it this way and to show I'm fully supportive of fighting against racism. Let's be honest, none of this proves anything. None of this proves a damn thing, really and truly. Um, if I'm completely honest, if I'm completely honest with you. And I'm not saying you have to you have to be it, but you know, he has said in relation to Ridiger, Lukaku, Reese James, Kante, all his teammates that have faced um, racism, there's been no talk of it in the change rooms. He said, We are in the change room and we are like a family. No, we haven't talked about it yet. I have a good relationship with everyone. I hope I love everyone up 
I love everyone. And up to now, we haven't talked about it. I don't think there is a need to. But of course, if I have to speak to anyone, I will say the same problem. I just told you that I don't think there'll be any problems. There's always a need to speak about racism, but I'm not going to lie. You know, Alonzo, I'm not going to say you don't disgrace, you don't face discrimination. But in relation to the obvious type of just simply the black skin, I don't think it's, I don't think, you know, I think the only ones that's going to help us is ourselves. I, I would love, you know, the comrades to say they're going to walk off the pitch and things like that. But, you know, there's no allies in this thing. If we want to save ourselves, we have to do it ourselves. So I don't think talking to Alonso is going to help anything. And there's going to come a time where these footballers need to do something way more radical rather than this kumbaya stuff. But I don't know when that's going to happen. But either way, you've seen that. Groundbreaking moment, people, as Gerard Gillett will become the first overseas official to referee a Premier League fixture when he takes charge of Watford against Newcastle United on Saturday. Apparently, the Australian was promoted to the FA Select Group 1 at the end of the season, which allows him to officiate Premier League games um, from the start of this campaign. He spent nine years as a referee um, in his native UK um, before um, before moving in 2019 here. Um, he, came, he became an EFL referee as he under, undertook research at the Liverpool John Moores University. Um, as you lot know, apparently the 34-year-old went viral during his final A-League fixture with his microphone audio publicly broadcast during the Melbourne victory over Brisbane, Brisbane War. Raw fans were able to hear his communications with VAR, etc. So there's that. Um, if you're a Liverpool fan, you know, former Liverpool player Harry Cool's been sacked by Bar Barnet after seven winless games in charge. And Thiago Silva is to miss your next two games with a calf injury, folks. So, um, yeah, that's I think that's. That's actually everything I'm 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 here to I'm here to, to to speak about with you guys, really, people. Is there anything else in relation to the world of sport that I could pull up for you guys? Let me let me have a little have a little look look, people, for you guys. You know, there's still talk of 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 the you know the biannual World Cup campaign. Apparently, there's September talks due. R.I.P. Jimmy Greaves, if I haven't said that already. Derby have gone into administration or are flirting with with a, a, a administration. James Rodriguez is in talks um, with a Qatari club in a bid to leave Everton. Apparently, Premier League want clubs to back. COVID certification checks from October the 1st. Um, for what it's worth, Adam Webster is ruled out of Brighton's next four matches with a hamstring knock, and that's going to be interesting for Arsenal. Man United have posted um, more losses, and their losses have grown due to the financial impact of the COVID pandemic. Within that, they've still been able to sign the most, one of the best players in the world in Cristiano Ronaldo, spend 70 million on Jaden Sancho, and, you know, still even contemplate talks for Paul Pogba. So, I'm not saying it's just a United thing, but again, football, what's going on in football? Even Arsenal in a COVID pandemic, we said we're broke. We've probably had, we spent our most money than we have in recent years. So um, the reality of football clubs and reality of you and I in society are probably two different things. Like everybody's feeling a cut, but I mean, let's be honest, look at what's going on. You know, PSG are backed by a state. They're still able to sign Messi in a pandemic, despite the fact that they say there's financial issues. So the football world and the real world are two very different places people if i'm completely honest with you please make sure you're hitting the like button if you're listening to this via youtube or you know go on youtube if you're listening to this via spotify and that and do the same thing cooper um you know cooper former england youth youth gaffer and swansea gaffer has become um he's agreed to become the nottingham forest boss he'll take over as chris from chris hewton who was sacked as well um earlier on this last week um, in terms of transfer news and stuff, even though we're in September, apparently Juventus and Atletico are reportedly keeping tabs on Bakayo Saka and are expected to make a move for the Arsenal winger this season. Well, 
Tottenham have no plans to change their policy on statues and mid pleas from the fans of the club to produce a lasting memorial for Jimmy Greaves. Danny Drinkwater has labelled his Chelsea career as shambles following his move in 2017. And it was, but I hope you got the bag. Um, what else have you got? Apparently, Jurgen Klopp is reportedly keen on Chelsea winger Callum Hudson-Odoi ahead of the January transfer window. You know, Chelsea, I mean, Barcelona dropped more points last week and apparently there's pressure on Ronald Koeman's job. There's even talk of Perlo going to take over as, as Gaffer there. Um, read, read into that what, what, um, what, what you wish, people. Christensen is ready to sign a new deal with Chelsea after initially being offered a pay cut. And I mean, what's going on with Rüdiger's contract at Chelsea? Atletico Madrid rejected the chance to sign Cristiano Ronaldo this summer. Manchester United see Frank Kessier as a potential replacement for Paul Pogba, according to results, people. Uh, um, according to reports, sorry. Manchester City are preparing for a crunch running without several stars, including Gundogan. Um, what else is going on in the footballing world? Um, Delit has a special release clause in his contract at Juventus that becomes active in September 2022. So next year is what it is. Chelsea, I mean, Jesse Lingard is one of four players on Manchester United's list of stars they want to tie down to a new contract this season. Probably should have sold him to West Ham, but really, you know, then you wouldn't have had your winner. Um, so it is what it is in that regard. Should we take one more look at the transfer? At the transfer speculation, because I feel like other websites might say something different, people. Um, I think Anthony Joshua is fighting this week. Or based on the on the propaganda. Apparently, Endombile is on Manchester United's radar if Pogba leaves as well, people, for what it's worth. Real Madrid are planning a move for PSG defender Marquinhos. Wrong. Fair play. Sevilla and Real Betis are keen on Alexis Sanchez, who Inter Milan want to sell. Roma are interested in the lot. You know, Man United's former gaffer. What's his name is there as well? Jose Mourinho. So it is what it is. What else is there? There's nothing else, folks. So that brings an end to this podcast. So, yeah, I'll be live at 11.30 a.m. No, Not sure when you lot will be seeing this, but probably live straight after. Obviously, don't forget 2 p.m. I'm going to be on Twitch to talk Arsenal as well. Um, and obviously tomorrow is AFC um, Wimbledon versus Arsenal. Arsenal, AFC Wimbledon. So there'll be a watch along. And do you know what? All week there's hella content on my Twitch, on, on my Twitch people. Again, I keep saying this, but I don't want you lot to miss out. Let me go on my Twitch page because one thing I like, about Twitch, you can actually show everybody a damn schedule, people, so you lot can see exactly what is to come and exactly what is to happen. So, just before I let you lot get out of here, hit the like button if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't followed on Twitch, if you haven't, make sure you're subscribing via Amazon Prime as well. As you lot can see here, people, or, or maybe not, you know, Tuesday through to Friday, and there's a couple of other things, you know, again. At 2 p.m., I'm going to be on Twitch. I got my guy Budge here, and we'll be speaking Arsenal again. After that, I'm going to be going live football manager at 4 p.m. Then tomorrow at 2 p.m., I'm going to be going live and speaking about Arsenal with coach Gerald Lammy. Thursday, as we start to prepare for the North London derby and things, I'm going to have my friend and journalist of the Athletic Art De Roche here, where we'll speak Arsenal again. That's you know, as you look and see here, that's actually supposed to be 11. So I'll change that in a second, but that's meant to be 11 o'clock. Obviously, in the evening from 6.30, I've got Spurs influencer and decent mate of mine, 
tapping Tobes. Um, Friday, I've got Mo, you know, Mo famously known for AFTV, etc. on Friday. And, you know, there's there's going to be something on Saturday and there's going to be one, two other things. So that's one thing I like about Twitch. But again, if you're not following on Twitch, are you going to know, folks? So make sure you're, support, you're following, supporting the movement as I try to build up that platform as well. But, you know, like I said, it's Tuesday. Please go and have a good week. Aggressively attack your goals. I'm going to be here time and time again. Please make sure, you know, we're looking back on Friday with a sense of accomplishment. Same way you lot believe in me, I believe in you lot. So this podcast is done. Go and have a good day. Start to the day. Go and have another good, um, good, good week. I'm out. Like... <laughs>